This podcast is for adults only. Content covers BDSM, kink, fetish, and adult sexuality. This type of content may be triggering for some, and we urge you to put your mental health first when considering if it's suitable for you. All activities discussed on this podcast are between enthusiastically consenting adults. BDSM and kink activities carry safety risks, and we do not endorse activities mentioned on this podcast as right for your personal circumstances. We recommend self-education and engagement with community as appropriate ways to begin your real-world kink journey after you finish listening to this podcast. This is your extreme cheesiness warning. We are very cheesy people, and if you're not comfortable with that, this podcast is not for you. Hey Oz, what do you do to make a mouse smile? What do you do to make a mouse smile? Say cheese! I think I'm kinky. I'm Oz. And I'm Prez. We're Australian lifestyle kinksters. And along with our kinky friends, we're here to help you get started on your kink journey. In this first season of Help I Think I'm Kinky, our goal is to promote kink-aware inspiration, education, and a sense of community. We share a variety of perspectives and voices and some of the conversations that happen behind closed doors. Last episode, we interviewed a special guest on the topic of BDSM and the law. Listening back to this interview, we were increasingly aware of how well the key messages aligned with the stories, information and wisdom shared by the guests on our previous podcast episodes. This episode generated a lot of positive feedback and prompted some very interesting conversations. If it resonated for you, the place to chat about this with other Kingsters is our Discord server. You will find a link to this in our show description. Coming up on today's episode, we've got some meaty topics. Aftercare and do sex and kink go together. All aboard! Aftercare is the winding down element of kink play. It's what happens after the play part of the scene, but it's also an integral part of the scene. Here's what our kinky friends had to say about what their version of aftercare looks like. My name is Pretty Please. My name is Rose. I use the pronouns she and her. I'm Man. I'm he, him. I'm 31. My job is... Basically maths and spreadsheets, that's as much info as I'll give. Um, I am 32 and I work in healthcare. I am 22 and my occupation is a student with way too many part-time jobs. Hi, I am Kitty. Uh, My pronouns are she, uh, her. I'm 29 years old and I work as a nurse. Nancy Lexit, she, her, 38, creator of Smart. Hi, I am Sen and I am Susan Death XO on FetLife. My pronouns are she and her. I'm in my late 20s and I am a full-time student. Um, my aftercare routine is typically cuddles. Um, generally like going for a walk. Um, we, we do go and get food a lot of the time and then return to the homestead and watch TV shows and things like that. Um, 
I think one of the most important parts of my aftercare is to just be made to feel like I wasn't like unusual or weird throughout the scene or something that everything is okay. Um, So I really do appreciate having reassurance from my dom and being made to feel like I was good or and that's something I ask a lot I'm like was I okay and it's like I was fucking amazing (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah just being reassured that that is the reality is really important for my aftercare I like a lot of positive touch when like soft strokes and cuddles and um bit of sugar generally speaking yeah just to help me sort of come down from the space um welcome the more positive touching type stuff where just get back to earth sit down for a few minutes with myself even um even after some after the sort of more traditional window of aftercare with the person you're playing with has ended let yourself come down and don't immediately get into a car is also advice I've been given yeah I would say just sort of just that like give yourself time to relax is my general aftercare routine um I whether like whatever I'm doing top bottom dom sub rope anything I am very into cuddles uh I think it's just a really nice way to to one to connect with the person that you've just played with but also um just like brings you back down you know depending on the scene but you can get into some quite elated um states uh and not having that time to like come down from that cannot be great uh but yeah I find cuddles very very good I also do like having like a debrief after but not immediately after like in the the day or two after like uh, I like to just sort of enjoy like the thoughts and enjoy what I've just experienced and then afterwards especially if we've tried something new afterwards go and say you know oh did what did you enjoy this what what could I do different next time you know do you want to do that again but the cuddles are just I love cuddles (laughs) as long as I'm in a good headspace in life around things I don't need any kind of aftercare because my what I've kind of realized is my headspace in out of play is kind of the same like I'm just like a complete brat bastard no matter what so I go in and out of play mode as it were at the drop of a hat and it doesn't like cause me any drop or anything I the only real thing I have is if I'm not feeling like perfectly secure about myself then I can start overthinking things like oh this went a bit wrong during that or this didn't go as planned and start really getting in my own head about like you know all the things I can notice I've done wrong and lose myself in that so one aftercare um, routine I guess I've got is for hypnokink stuff specifically I'll ask the person about a day afterwards like what are their thoughts what stood out what they really liked and so on. And when I'm in those kind of moods where I am being really hard on myself, that helps me prevent that. I think there's an element of food in my 
in the all the times. <laughs> no, probably just water, just to be offered some water. I've also got a medical condition, so uh, my partner and I incorporate the management of that in aftercare as well. I am not someone that needs a huge amount of aftercare. Connection with my partner. So even if I'm playing with my friends, I like to, to go back to, to my partner, sometimes my friends, and just have a snuggle. Um, yeah, not huge aftercare needs there. It's really only if I do heavy impact, uh, I've learned that I need my partner to stay the night. So if I don't have the time in between family life and commitments, um, for a night alone with my partner that has that time and dedication to it, I just, I won't do heavy impact. I love aftercare. I love it. It's one of my favourite parts about kink and as hard as I play sometimes, um, the aftercare is why I'm playing. You know, like lie a fucking boy in my lap and let me scratch his head until he purrs, you know. (laughs) Um, I love a shower. I love a nice, you know, we wash each other down and we talk about what we enjoyed and, and what could have been harder or softer and you know, and one of my favorite things in that kind of shower or touch environment is, you know, we talk about what we liked about that body part, which I think is really nice. You know, like I like to be like, oh, you know, I really like your hips. And when I was touching them, they were beautiful and let's clean them. And like, I think it's very important in aftercare to reassure the person that their darkness was accepted and you know, one of my favorite things about kink is that people enjoy you in your darkest, shadowiest, most hated kind of where society would think that you were ruined, that someone finds you attractive there. And so aftercare for me is reinforcing that and, you know, telling them, oh, you were, your submission was beautiful and your submission really made me feel however it made me feel. And, you know, you know, scratching their little heads and hearing them kind of sigh and moan and like fall into me. That's, that's one of the reasons why I like kink. (laughs) Wow. There was so much to unpack there. What did you hear, Prez? I heard that everyone needs to consider aftercare, no matter their role, and that aftercare needs may vary. Also, that lots of people love cuddles and food. How about you, Oz? What did you hear? I heard that our friends had a lot of clarity about their aftercare needs and they communicate these before play. There was an overarching theme of allowing time as well as regrounding or coming back to reality, giving reassurance and the importance of physical touch. I think it's a common misunderstanding that tops don't need aftercare, but that's not always the case. What are your personal aftercare needs, Oz? That's a good question. Feeling connected and close, especially after play, I have a lot of adrenaline rushing through my body. I'm high on the energy from the scene and it feels really grounding to to share that space, to have body contact, hugs, maybe a little bit of sugar, along with explicitly showing gratitude to someone for being in that space with me. I enjoy it, but I don't need it. It's more the next day when the energy dissipates and I feel like I really just need to be kind to myself. I enjoy spending time with you, Prez. I rest. 
Uh, I do things that help my body recover. I sit in the spa or have a bath and uh, maybe go out and have a yummy brunch somewhere. What about for you, Pres? What does your aftercare look like? This topic gets me a bit emotional because I feel vulnerable expressing my needs in this space. It's easier for me to tell someone how I'd like to be tied up or hurt than it is to say how I'd like to be cared for. And before I met you, Oz, I'd never experienced any of that care. Now that's partly why I'm drawn to a daddy-dom type because there's that caregiver element as well as the mean stuff. So my standard aftercare formula for play scenes would be cuddles, water and gummy bears and being warm because I often feel my body temperature drop after a scene. I usually don't feel like talking. It's not a time when you'll get logic out of me and please don't ask me to make any decisions. I just want to be close to my dom and feel safe and comforted. Sometimes I have this feeling of being deeply afraid of being alone or abandoned after intense play and I will need to be reassured. Head stroking is also really calming in those moments. Um, Overall, I feel like I'm still figuring it out because it's hard to predict the physical and emotional effects of every type of play. I don't really bruise and my body heals quickly. So from that perspective, I'm not usually physically sore for very long. But the drop from the intense chemical rush and the emotions experienced can be unpredictably huge. There's been play where I've been affected for up to 10 days afterwards. I can be very tired and teary and just need to live life a little more quietly and gently during those times. For play that's less intense or with friends, usually hugs, kisses or a snack um, or all of the above are fine. And it's really nice if people check in during the days after play. It's also really worth noting that play partners might have incompatible aftercare needs. For example, one person might like a lot of cuddles after a scene, but the other might need a break from all human contact for half an hour. Or maybe their kink style involves no physical aftercare, but they'll give a check-in call the next day. In that case, if you do want to play with someone and your aftercare needs are different, discuss how else you might get those needs met possibly by a friend or whether you might want to alter the type of play to be less intense or not go ahead as it can't meet your need, meet your need for feeling safe post-play. Alternatively, um, the person you're playing with might be willing to compromise and, for example, give you that five minutes of cuddles uh, post-play. This can all be worked out if it's discussed, so our advice is just don't make assumptions. Last week, we were joined by Nadia David, who discussed some aspects of her research into BDSM, kink, and their relationship with the law in Australia. She mentioned that during her research, she was surprised by one feature of the relationship between sex and kink. Let's hear what she had to say. Sex and BDSM are separated for a lot of people, particularly with um, clubs like the club in Melbourne, where there's no sex on premises and any play that occurs isn't cannot be sexual. And I found that mind-blowing because for me it's quite sexual, like BDSM and sex are the same sort of thing for me. But for a lot of people they've managed to separate those two things or they had always separated them. And for some doms who, were, who identified as straight, they would play with men um, and would, flog men and bo- and do bondage scenes with men, but it wasn't sexual at all, but they had their one um, female partner 
who they would have sex with. And I found that really interesting. So what struck you about this observation, Oz? Do sex and kink go together for you? I'd be quite happy if every scene I did included sex. I'm not surprised, Oz. This is such a huge question, though. It really depends on so many things. The short answer for me is no. Sex and kink don't always go together. I've engaged in play with partners and friends which have not involved sex. Although I feel that kink and BDSM is a strong part of my sexuality. When I'm really deeply involved in play that's connecting, especially where there's a strong power exchange element, and I feel like I'm feeding off the energy in a scene, this is extremely arousing for me. Sex for me is highly driven by my kinks. I guess it depends really ultimately on the type of relationship I have with the person, what's negotiated, what venue we're playing at, and so many other things. In any event, it's important that it's part of the conversation that happens early on in terms of the parameters for play. What about for you, Prez? I can summarise it as I can enjoy kink without sex, but I can't enjoy sex without kink. Here's what our kinky friends had to say when we asked them whether sex and kink go together. Uh, Well, for the most part, kink and sex have been together for um, what I've done, but I have had um, a couple of experiences where it's just been kink and I've really enjoyed those experiences. Um, like one of my favourite experiences was doing a impact scene. Um, I just tied up my friend, uh, spanked and caned her for a while and then we cuddled and it was like, it was just really nice. I felt really connected to her and it was a really lovely feeling and I really enjoyed that. And um, yeah, and I think for the majority of it as well, um, rope has been a non-sexual kink aspect for me as well, which I really enjoy. I feel like it's more, yeah, sometimes it's just more about like the, like I'm going to say sensual connection, like the emotional and the rather than sexual. Yeah, and it just is a whole other vibe that I actually really enjoy. Um, And yeah, coming into kink, not really ever having thought about kink ever, um, (laughs) I was just like, you know, the, the stereotype I guess is is kink and sex go together um so that's what I have experienced so far but I am enjoying experiencing kink alone it's really yeah it's just a lot I find it a lot more intimate yeah they do go together for me but I can also separate um kink from sex I play with my friends sometimes and, yeah, we do kink stuff and not necessarily sex stuff. Um, whereas if you'd asked me a few years ago, I wouldn't have thought that that was possible. So, yes, I, I do think they go together, but I also think you don't – it doesn't have to go together. It can be something that you do with friends. It's a really nice thing, whether that's rope or impact or all the things. Let me put it this one way. I have a mind control fetish. So when I'm doing hypnosis stuff, it's like it is inevitable that I will kind of look down at some point and go, oh, things are happening, even if I'm not thinking about it at all. But I can separate the two out because like recently everyone I've been playing with, it's been completely non-sexual and I've had long-term play partners in the past where sometimes they're in the mood for it, sometimes they're not and... 
it's not a big that big a deal either way. Like, ideally, yes, but I don't think it's such a thing where it's like I would force like the people I'm doing stuff with now. I really, really enjoy doing stuff with them, even if it never turns sexual in any way, shape, or form. Like, you've still got the emotional connection and dynamics that form, even if you know the physical part isn't a thing that is going to happen between you and the other person. Like I started all my kinky journeys in a, I guess, a sexual nature and joined the scene after um, I'd had a breakup. I wasn't interested in dating, but I was determined for that to not be the end of my access to kink. I think for the first time I was really exploring the idea of whether I was interested in kink without a sexual or a romantic relationship with the people I would be playing with. So when I had my first public play, um, it was with someone I'd actually met that night and had no sexual or romantic relationship with them at all. But, yeah, I mean, in my private life um, and in my romantic life, I do mix kink and sex. I think for me, kink comes first easily. And so in my romantic partnerships, that's always an element and especially in a sexual nature. I think that they can be separate, but I do definitely enjoy kink with sex. Um, But I've done plenty of things with people without a sexual element and even though it hasn't been as fulfilling in the sexual way, like it's still an incredible experience to share with somebody. Like one experience I've had, she had me in stocks and was hitting me with like her hands and with a cane. And then we had this most beautiful aftercare experience together. And it was just so intense and amazing. And there was no sex at all. And that was perfect and it was amazing and I'm really thankful to have had that experience so I think that yes they can occur together but they can also very much occur separately oh I mean most of the time for me specifically yes they do um all of the games that I play generally end in some kind of sex or some sort of sexual act because my sex energy, I feel, is off the chain. And so when I am in kink, that's what I'm feeding. Um, I do play games that don't end in any kind of sexual satisfaction for me that society would see as sexual satisfaction. But, yeah, I would say that a lot of my kink games are about sexual energy and raising sexual energy, whether I'm not talking about orgasms or coming, I'm just talking about that sexual energy that people have that vibe where you feel hot where you feel sexy where you are happy to take nude photos and you want to see your butt and all of that energy that energy that drives people all of my games are about that whether anyone gets sexually satisfied is beside the point Um, all of my games are primarily around raising people's sexual energy mine theirs and feeling the power that comes with that Today, our friend Arianette is dropping by to chat to us on this topic. 
Arinette is a kinkster we really admire for her amazing writings reflecting on her own experiences and helping to educate others about kink and, of course, for her fantastic photography. Welcome, Arinette. Hello. Thank you for having me, guys. Arinette, one of your recent writings called Attractive Traits I Find in a Saddest discussed your thoughts on sex and kink. But before we get into that, we'd love to know a little about you as a kinkster. How did you first get involved in BDSM? Yeah, so um, I actually started BDSM journey when I was quite young. Um, I was about seven or eight, and I was kind of at that age where, you know, kids just kind of do things that feel good for them. Um, and so what felt good for me was inflicting pain as I masturbated. Um, and I was really ashamed of this for a very long time because I just thought it was abnormal, like, who does this? And so I kind of hid it from everyone, my peers and stuff, and I grew up thinking that there was something wrong with me. Um, but, you know, you're watching TV and movies and you're seeing what sex is supposed to look like. You know, you the Hollywood movies of what they depict, um, what the fireworks are supposed to look like. And so I kind of just always thought there's something wrong with me. And then when I was a teenager, you know, the power of internet and porn and, you know, I started watching a lot of the hardcore S&M porn scenes from like Tumblr and a bunch of stuff and I was reading erotica and I still hit it. Like I still have this desire, this like this want to find it but I just couldn't I didn't know how to find it um and again like with the media and stuff telling me what I was supposed to be feeling and doing I just sort of ignored it um and so when I became sexually active at 17 you know I did the whole thing that Hollywood was showing us to do and I just it never did anything for me so I didn't feel any pleasure from having sex or cunnilingus or anything like that I just like I was bored basically the entire time um, I knew that I didn't orgasm at all from my experiences when I was a teenager. Um, and I just kind of got to this point where my sex drive got lower and lower to the point where I just didn't want to have sex anymore because it, just, it wasn't exciting to me. I was just bored. Um, and I'd actually gone to a doctor and I'd asked my doctor if, um, if there was something wrong with me. Um, so she tested my blood, she test, tested my iron levels and all these kind of tests and stuff just to kind of see if there's anything medically why I was feeling this way, um, which there wasn't. So I just basically was accepting this. I'm not going to orgasm ever. And, you know, I'm just going to be unhappy with sex. And it was actually at a rock climbing gym where my mentality sort of shifted, where um, I walked by this guy and he was leading this group into cool down exercises. And he had commanded his group to get on the floor. And I remember for the first time in a very long time, like it rarely had happened, but I got extremely turned on by this guy and he wasn't talking to me. He wasn't even looking at me, but his tone of voice, his tone of voice was doing something internally. And I was like, hang on, this is, this is new territory for me. Like, I don't feel like this with people ever, like with my sexual experiences, just like, I don't feel this turned on ever. So this guy is just like, his tone of voice was enough to, make me excited and so I kind of shifted my mentality of like I think that I can I am capable of feeling pleasure um so I just kind of got really determined to figure out what that meant so I broke up with my boyfriend and I started doing a lot of research um I looked into like different kink websites and I eventually found FET so I did like ton of research and kind of found FET and I guess the rest is history where you know FET has helped me with my education I've learned a lot about myself um, learn what it means that, you know, I'm not actually abnormal. Joining the scene, I realized that, you know, everybody 
takes differently, essentially. So, you know, what what is pleasurable for one person is not pleasurable for another person. So there's nothing wrong with me. It's just, you know, I'm a bit different or I enjoy different things than other people. So how do you identify your favourite kinks to explore now? I would say, look, I'm mainly a masochist, so I like a lot of pain play. I actually just kind of basically do what feels good for me. Yes, when I first joined FET, it just kind of sort of like the norm that females were submissive and males were doms. So when I was first joining in the scene, I just kind of expected that was sort of the role. And I guess sort of media as well, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey sort of bullshit that they feed us. Um, they, it, it just, it just appeared that that was all that there was, was the DS dynamic, the dom submissive dynamic. Um, and it took me a very long time in the scene, um, actually my first status, to realize that I don't actually like the commands of, of, like, of like the service aspect of the sub. So I realized that I could, um, with a S&M dynamic, not a DS dynamic, that I could have all the pain um, without the, the submissive side of things. So I realized that I don't like taking commands. So a lot of the doms that I've had in the past, whenever we would do impact, they would um, ask me to say thank you, sir, at the end of like each hit. And for me, I never really enjoyed that because it took me out of the headspace, where I just wanted to be engulfed in the pain. I just wanted to feel the pain and enjoy the pain. And you have an amazing um, set of photos on FetLife. If someone came across your account, what sort of things could they expect to see? Oh, definitely a lot of pain stuff. So a lot of impact play, I do needles. Um, I do a lot of rope, but that's um, that's a different kink for me. So yeah, a lot of definitely a lot of pain stuff. Coming to your writing, you mentioned there that pain and not sex is the goal for you. Can you explain that to us? Yeah. So I learned early on in the scene that for me, I kind of have two umbrellas for my kink. So I have my sexual kinks and then my non-sexual kinks. So. My sexual case would obviously be the masochism sort of need that pain to achieve climax. Um, but then I realized early on that there's some kinks where I don't get any sexual pleasure from doing. So for me, that would be things like doing needles or rope. It's a different sort of pleasure I get from it, but it's not sexual pleasure. So it's kind of a catharsis and I sort of go into this um, meditative state where it just makes you feel good. So for, for me, with my sexual kinks, I, I, like I said earlier, I don't really enjoy sex and, you know, the other kind of quote-unquote traditional um, sexual experiences that people see, like the ones that show in movies. Because I don't enjoy having the sex, it, it doesn't do anything for me. So for me, my main goal when I'm with a S&M partner is the pain. So I want the pain essentially overall. That's what brings me pleasure. Yeah, so I can come from just pain alone. So that's quite common for me where um, if, if you're just doing the quote unquote normal, the, the like normal um, sexual stuff, I would not get off that at all. But if you're inflicting pain on me, um, like the right sort of consensual safe pain, um, I can actually achieve climax from just that and no stimulation. So for me, the main goal is never really about sex. It's more about the power exchange, the, the connection, the intensity of it. So I've mentioned dungeons to people that aren't in the scene, and they always almost seem to think that um, dungeons are some sort of like sex craze place where it's just a bunch of swingers and orgies, and I'm telling you, swingers are not kinksters. Sometimes they mix, but 
they're two separate things. I remember my one friend, um, he was in the team for like two weeks at that point. And so I brought him to his first dungeon and I remembered very clearly, he was just so blown away by the fact that there was no sex happening here. So people were just standing around respectfully, like all this kink was happening. So I think there was an impact scene happening. There was some wax happening. Um, there was a vacuum bed happening. And he was just like blown away that everybody was just quiet, standing by respectfully. Nobody was really jerking off or like having sex or being obscene. They were just quiet and respectful and nice. And he was just like, he couldn't fathom that that's what a dungeon was like. He like, he just, he couldn't wrap his head around it. So yeah. So like when, when you're joining in the scene, I feel like for a lot of people, it's very easy to think that action equals sex. Mm. So when I have certain dynamics so like my rope tops for example I always negotiate from the get-go that this is a non-sexual dynamic so I think it's important for people to realize especially when they're new coming into BDSM that you don't have to have a sexual dynamic and you know that's just something that you have to negotiate in so you can very easily say that no I don't want sex in my dynamic. Having a look at your writing there's a great line in here that says I need a top to understand that their dick penetrating me stirs absolutely nothing inside me. Yeah, so I'd like to make it very clear now for my partners that if I'm going to be doing sex, it's to please my partner because I'm, I think it's fair, you know, like if we're doing an S&M scene and I'm enjoying that pleasurably, I want my top top to feel that pleasure. I feel like it's only fair, but they need to realize that I'm basically service subbing them. I'm doing that solely for their pleasure, um, which I do enjoy. You know, I don't want a scene to just feel like it's leading up to sex. And I feel like in the beginning... It was very much where I feel like they were doing the very minimum pain play to lead up to sex. And then I met my fetish that I'm with now, and it just sort of feels like his main goal is just to hurt me. And we actually, we don't have a sexual dynamic, which is abnormal. And it's probably the first time I've really experienced where my main partner doesn't want um, sex as well as dynamic. Yeah, as, as you're describing it, I'm thinking this potentially broadens the definition of what is sex. Um not, yeah, you know, 100%. it doesn't doesn't have to be traditional vanilla penetrative sex to you know yeah. to have a form of sexual pleasure. And I do I do like to preach that to, to new people as well. Is that you know, it, I, in one of my writings, I do remember saying about how if you're not enjoying what you're doing, keep exploring and keep experimenting until you find what it is. So there's a lot more out there than just what you see on the TVs and movies. So just keep experimenting and figuring out what what you like and you can negotiate from the get-go that you know i don't want sex in this dynamic and you should have a decent partner that respects your boundaries and if you're saying no sex and he's pushing it then i would walk away that's a red flag he doesn't respect you as a person so if you're finding someone that's not respecting that then find a different partner because they exist out there i promise yeah and you know like you enjoy receiving pain there are people who get a great deal of pleasure from giving it yeah like my current status right now that's that's basically all we have his main pleasure out of our dynamic is just inflicting pain on me because you know I enjoy receiving it he enjoys giving it thank you very very much Arinette for all of those wonderful insights well thank you for having me that's a wrap for today's journey kinky superheroes next episode we'll be talking about anxiety that people feel around getting out to public events clothing because everyone asks what do I wear to a kink event and body confidence follow us on instagram at help i think i'm kinky one word to stay up to date with our future episodes you can also join in the conversation on our discord server details are in the show description 
like and follow on your podcast player so you don't miss an episode and please leave us a glowing review. Thanks again for joining us and remember, follow your kinky heart, but take your brain with you. Thank you.